cow, you haven't aged a day, buddy. What's that? You haven't aged a day, buddy. <laughs> um, uh, even my hair's grown back. Look at that, too. Oh, <laughs> nicely done. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm doing okay, man. I'm doing okay. Nice. See that uh, mic and headphone set up there? Um, I've been looking at ordering a, an interface and a mic just to do some voiceover for some of my uh, video work that I will have coming. I've been storing some up, eh? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't like the river tour, um, whole hour and a half video. I'm going to speed it up just for YouTube. But then if anybody's interested, or for uh, for Facebook, right? Yeah. You know, so they can see the whole thing in 50, 20 seconds. Yeah. But uh, it'll be like, woohoo, through the river, all the way from the east end of town through the other. And I did it when the leaves were changing. Oh, cool. And I mounted a 4K GoPro to the front of my big boat. And I went all the way out of town past the train bridges. Then I turned that 4K camera on, and I fucking rolled her all the way out to the down. Wow. Took an hour and a half, eh? With the electric motor. Yeah. Uh, well, if I've learned anything, because there was a lot of trial and error for what I was doing, uh, let's just see if I can do it. I have this Zoom recorder. I don't know if it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's way more than what you would need if you're just doing voiceover, but Zoom is a thousand percent the way that I would go. They're just so yeah. reliable. And then you can get your XLR mics and everything, and it's it's fantastic. Well, and to give you I'm fair warning, I am recording. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, I uh, I've been looking at those, right? Uh, not that I'm into the podcasting or whatever, but yeah, you see, with that um, a phone call, it's easy to set up a mix minus. You hit a button. Yeah. Yeah. So on something like this. You can hit a button and you can run it through your DAW. You can have a mix minus. You can you can do everything, right? Oh, that's awesome. Where it's a little tougher, it's a little tougher with most just plain USB interfaces. But then, you see, I have good use of a field recorder too. So I should have grabbed a, an H6 on the uh, Black Friday deal. It went up oh, another fifty yeah. bucks again. Yeah, but um, yeah, because like, you know when I'm on these lakes and I got loons, I got this, I got that, and it would have been real handy too. You know when. Uh, I'm out night shooting, mm -hmm. and when the aurora really goes blasting off, the coyotes go blasting off, and that's quite a song, eh? That'd be pretty so cool. I could, I could take a cheap, my old cheap tripod, put the zoom on there, and catch that, too, because I'm quiet as a mouse, and I'm out there for hours. Yeah. Yeah, because my camera and me were quiet, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then I thought even, like, background for some of the images I do, like, when I'm doing freeze frame on a creek or something, I could play the background running water right yeah yeah that's a good with, with an h6 it acts as an interface too i could do a mix minus and it would be an all-in-one unit but then i thought i would like a desktop one too like look at you sitting there with your mic right and the headphones yeah. on yeah but an h6, like, even without the additional two at the top you could you could be set up for uh putting somebody else on a mic mm -hmm. up to three people plus yourself yeah and a mix minus and you still have channels, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, this is the only thing that's really kept me sane over the last four or five years uh, is just, I, I guess, I, how long have I been doing this? At least three years. But fuck, man. Just get, getting out and doing something. Like, uh, 
Uh, just to introduce the show, this is Beard and Board. I'm uh, your host, Tim. This week I have a guest on, a blast from the past, an old buddy, uh, Rick. Richard. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, funny where we left our lives uh, six years ago. I think we've spoken once or twice since, like maybe a couple of messages or a phone call. But, uh, yeah, not a heck of a lot. When when I left, I was a young buck, uh, still going out to the bar and partying. And even then, it was starting to get old. <laughs> I was an old buck doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck, you're the only ones that would go out with us. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see what the landscape of Gladstone is now, how it's changed. Uh, I don't often get a, ta- a chance really to talk to Jack other than a couple of messages here and there. Or, uh, yeah. I don't think I've heard from Cobra at all, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I We were talking and it didn't surprise me because I knew that you've been so busy, but you've kind of transitioned out of like going out and drinking because that's basically all there was to do to like on this huge adventure doing the photography thing. Uh, Do you want to tell the people a little bit about like what you've been up to? Well, I'm still working hard painting houses and we've been really busy with that. Yeah. But uh, my kids are growing and gone. Right. Yeah. And um, it gives me just a lot more time on my hands. (laughs) More time time than you can spend at the local pub. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I always loved it and uh, just got, got better gear and got further into it started uh using the skills i used to use chasing animals around with a rifle yeah and uh chasing around with a camera and uh you can shoot the same animal again and again and again right yeah and you don't have to lug it back (laughs) uh even hunting though like hey you know what and don't get me wrong i live in an area that's full of hunters and all the power to you you know you get you're out there you're hunting that's great uh hunters do more for wildlife conservation than any PETA person has ever done in their life. Like you think about uh, programs like Ducks Unlimited, yeah. where guys are fundraising to protect wetlands and habitat. Hunting's great. Um, who will, who uh, uh, ever is going to care more about handing it down to their sons and daughters than the like the hunters that did that because their dad showed them how and their dad's dad showed them how. Like it's yeah. it's generational, and their kids will care about the wetlands and everything afterwards. And well, you lived you lived here, Tim. Like it's mm-hmm. uh, the Wild West, right? Like we're in a little prairie town. And you ask what changes here? Time time moves slower here. Very very few things change, even with COVID. Yeah. Very few things have changed. You know, the landscape here, everything, uh, it's the same, right? Yeah. But um, we're not necessarily in mountain wilderness with massive forests or anything. We are in an agricultural area. Yeah. But. Um, an agricultural area that supports like deer, countless mm-hmm. herds and herds of deer, waterfowl. We have big grass marsh eight miles north of us. It's one of the major IBA, like the International Bird Association, one of their major migratory flyways. It's, uh, you know, for breeding grounds and for uh, migration, it's 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 an incredible habitat, you know. Yeah. So, um, it, you know, you go around, it's a smelly old marsh. You grew up around it, but then, you know, you realize later too, um, just what it is and how unique it is compared to other areas of the land, like where you are in Ontario, Boreal, yeah. and rock, right? Yep. It's not conducive <laughs> to migratory birds, not so much. You get a, you get you get small pockets of birds on lakes and that, but the, the skies don't go black with geese, not yeah. like here. No, we're in that pathway, eh? So um, 
yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's a it's a way to still get out and enjoy it, right? Because yeah. I still get out. But hey, my same camel that I wore hunting <laughs> still gets you, right? Yeah. And uh, I still I still walk into the co-op grocery store, the only grocery store, right? Yeah. And uh, tower, it's not hunting season, and I'm head to toe camel way. Eh? My goddamn owls! They have been out chasing them fucking owls. Oh, excuse my language, right? But uh, oh no, we can swear yeah. on this. Yeah, so we go, uh, I, you know, me and the dog, and uh, all the time. Yeah, all the time. She, she spots things sometimes I don't, you know, and uh, it's great. She's because she's got a pretty good keen set of eyes. Little Molly, how's she doing? She's doing good. She's had a, a limp. I don't mm. know where it came from. She was. Uh, I what was I doing? I went to pick up some paint for work yesterday, and she stayed with Brian and Sydney over at their place. I, I don't know what they did to her, eh? But uh, <laughs> she come out of there with a limp. So I had to carry, you know, I've been carrying her. She looks, she's pretty spry yet, eh? I don't know. But I lift her in and out of the truck because it's icy here too, eh? Yeah. An old man and an old dog. She's she's nine, eh? So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, her and Obi are about the same age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, uh, so I guess I won't name drop the town that you're from just so we don't give anything away, uh, but... A uh, small prairie town in Manitoba, and it, uh, fuck, was that thing ever just, it, it was a, it was a glorious time being there. I'm starting to get very nostalgic for it, like, especially being in southern Ontario, where there's rules for everything. You gotta compost, yeah. recycle, and buy bag tags for your garbage. You've, if you wanna have a fire in your backyard, you gotta go get a licensed pit and then get a license to have the fire on the certain days you can have a fire out there. Like I remember when I showed up, it was just like everybody was calming down from the firework fights that used to tell me that was going on, like <laughs> blasting off bottle rockets at each other or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was, it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the local convenience store guy made out like a bandit on that because, you know, we, we even got into the, Next to, across the street in the upper apartment, oh my God. where a school teacher lived, took his screens out because we we knew the guys we were fighting with would end up running out of ammo, Tim, and they'd have to go to that convenience store. So, like he paid for it too. The owner of that convenience store, we not only hit the guys going in, we bounced a few off the sidewalk and right into his store, so he got it too. Right? <laughs> and this was a uh, school teacher that lived there, so. When they were at the four-way stop, a couple might have missed their vehicle. Maybe it went under, like, a local counselor's vehicle, and the <laughs> teacher got reported. And, ah, cool. Well, yeah, and, like, for years afterwards, the uh, the train would lay on the whistle for fucking the whole way through town because someone managed to get it into the fucking cabin, allegedly. Oh, yeah, that was, that was uh, well, you know, those military pants with the big, uh, of course, they're camouflage, and they have the big side pockets right you could yeah. carry probably four beer in each side lace <laughs> side pocket you know the one fellow that did that had uh his were absolutely full of uh the, the big ones the cherry bombs yeah and he's outside and uh, he had hearing trouble and bad ears and this train and howling and howling and howling so he fired it and he wouldn't be the one you'd first guess could hit a train <laughs> let alone get it in the window <laughs> but we uh we all made ourselves pretty scarce yeah. When we saw that nice golden arch disappear into the open side window of a CN rail locomotive, like that was, uh, 
oh, time to go home. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with uh, I, so did you ever suspect like uh, I, I don't mean to turn this too much in the show. I'm just throwing around stuff, just trying to catch up because uh, it's been exciting to see how well you've taken to photography and jumping on social media and stuff has. Did you ever suspect that you would be drawn to that kind of thing? Like you always seem like you were outgoing, but I never thought you were going to be a an influencer. <laughs> hey, it's uh, an up and down thing. That Instagram, I think, I, like everything else, I got in it a little too late. So yeah. I would always suggest get in everything early. Eh? Oh, but um, it's it's tough there now. I don't know how they have algorithms set up. I'm too I'm too old to understand it, right? But uh, yeah. I, I put stuff out. I seem to get good response. Last night, Molly's photo got picked up, and it was on uh, Global News Winnipeg. Oh, cool. The one I did of her uh, for her Christmas card, eh? Was that I'm the one sure with the elf on the shelf in her mouth? Yeah, yeah. I wrote a poem about it and everything and, and posted it on Instagram. And it's going on Christmas card. You'll be getting one. Oh, and, thank you. And uh, we're actually ready. I've got to pick them up. That's what we were doing that day, was doing a Christmas card shoot. Every year she makes a card, eh? I help. <laughs> and uh putting it together the editing and that you know she's terrible but uh yeah so she even got uh on global last night and i didn't know it till this morning when uh friend messaged i i didn't even have to i recognize molly as soon as he's great big flat screen tv in his house eh? <laughs> a little 85 inch samsung there she was my whole wall was Molly, and he knew the dog, eh? Oh, so, that's awesome. I didn't even know they'd uh, shared it, but I put a hashtag, your Manitobas, and they've, they've put up pictures before. I always tell them, yeah, go ahead. You have standing permission. If I tag something like that with your Manitoba, go ahead and use it. So um, where I didn't expect it would go, yeah, I thought, yeah, taking pictures of wildlife, absolutely. I'd be out doing that. Would I share them? Sure. I, uh, I like technology and gadgets and gizmos, right? Mm-hmm. But um, what I didn't expect it would be going is maybe the first one, three years, four years ago, I got approached by a bride, eh? Uh, bride to be. She said, You know, I love your pictures. We just shoot our wedding. Uh, you know, I, I I thought I'd been pretty lucky. I hardly ever even get invited to weddings. <laughs> and I prefer not to ever go. You know, I had a bad experience. Even got married myself once. And that, oh, you poor you know, thing. Little... Yeah. Anyhow. Uh, it was a ranch wedding out here, right? So uh, event tent, whatever, everything's outside. And I know the people. It was uh, pretty chill. Like it wasn't like, you know, we're not in a great big gothic church and uh, a fancy reception hall. Well, yeah, I'll give it a go. Sure, I'll shoot your wedding for you. Because who else are they going to get local to do it? And I was doing it cheap, right? Yeah. And um, and I said, well, what would make you think that, uh, you know, you'd want me to do your wedding pictures, eh? Because I... I take pictures of moose. I take pictures of bear and foxes, coyotes, right? Um, she's, oh, I just see all your pictures, and I just love them, and I thought you'd do my wedding. I'm like, okay, as a bride, what look do you prefer, like the moose look or the bear look? <laughs> you know, like, you know, I know this woman, eh? I'm like, really? But you know what it is is um, I do lots of pictures of my granddaughter, too. She'll actually come out with different outfits Yeah. Uh, when she comes to, to visit. She'll bring different outfits and uh, we'll do little photo shoots, you know. So those ones I post and that way they can get shared around with uh, with her other grand- grandparents, you know, and all the aunties and uncles and everything like that. And I yeah. even usually print, print some up and send them away for that side of the family, right? But it's those pictures that people see. And now I've been pretty busy, even though I don't advertise it. It's under the 
like low key, I don't uh, tell anybody I do it, but I've been busy doing family shoots. Uh, I had to actually cancel a couple of weddings due to our COVID regulations out here. Yeah. But I've been booking weddings and uh, family shoots. I've done grads now for the last wow. couple of years. Even the local school got me in to do um, photos when uh, some like the kindergarten class. Some other they, they got missed out when the. Uh, yeah, the school photographer came around and then shut down because of COVID. Then they weren't having it, so I set up an outdoor studio <laughs> with masks and everything, and uh, backdrop, full lighting, everything. And I did these kids, and the principal likes them better than any ones they've had. So now, like, hey, do you want to do all our school photography for kids? Now I'm like, yeah, I can do it. Right? Let's yeah. let's do it. Let's hope that we're able to do it so we can set up in the gymnasium or multi-purpose room or something. This business about doing it outside in the wind and the rain. Yeah. It's it's pretty tough on gear and you know, it's hard to make plans for the weather. So but anyway, yeah, that's where the photography took a real turn. I wasn't surprised, uh, you know, because I've always liked cameras. Like my old film cameras are still here, you know? Yeah. And it was always wildlife and scenery though, eh? Like landscape photography, wildlife. Um but I enjoy shooting weddings, I enjoy shooting people. My style is more documentary, like I will set up for the formals other than that i ask for a schedule ahead of time like the itinerary for the day the bride and groom don't have to talk to me other than doing formals yeah. i kind of melt into the crowd and when i'm done they usually end up with uh oh a thousand between 700 and a thousand photos of the day of uh the people that came so they have all you know they have all that and and then uh i'm on the peripheral and I get fed supper and, uh, <laughs> you know, you meet lots of people. I'll just go like, yeah, there's a empty table, like empty spot at that table. I'll just, Hey, how are you all doing? I'm going to sit here with you. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, you're meeting people and, uh, you find out things and, uh, you get some photos and at the end of the day, they've been happy so far. So I get recommended. So here we go. Even though I don't advertise it. That's where it surprised me that I would get into something like that. Can you imagine me doing wedding photography? It sounds weird, but you yeah. have the charis- the charisma to put everybody at ease. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, am I going to pursue more wedding photography jobs? I don't know that I'd actively pursue them. I have a couple of a uh, couple of other uh, rods in the you know irons in the forge here as far as what I'd like to do creatively with camera photography and now video like i'm getting learning into that end of the video stuff because a picture says a thousand words but a video is where everything's at and that's probably why i fail on the instagram algorithm that's you know dropped out i've actually dropped down in followers by about 10 percent that i was six months ago um but i don't create a lot of video content and instagram is a uh it wants to showcase video they're pushing video they they, they bring yeah, you know what? They bring in reels. They bring in this video, video, video. And yeah, they'd like to have some of that TikTok market. Yeah. And um, it started as a photo sharing platform and purchased by Facebook. And now they'd like to turn it into a different platform than it was. They bought it because it was successful. And then they'd like to change it into something completely different from what it was. Instead of just in the very beginning, creating something that they wanted instead of buying something different and changing it anyhow um photographers although they complain about it i know lots of them and they're still they're all on instagram and they're all complaining about it me 
I'm doing better than I thought I would. I don't honestly don't put that much work into it. A little, uh, you know, the work goes into the photo, but uh, I don't have any uh, scheduling software. <laughs> I put it out. Sometimes it's at midnight. Sometimes it's at six in the morning. It's, you know, I don't oh find my, my peak times. I don't follow a rigorous uh, schedule. Uh, even in my downtime here, I was posting once a week instead of once a day. I don't care. You know, I so hate, that's I hate doing Instagram. I hate doing Facebook. I got off Facebook for a long, long time. I just got back. But like and I recognize that I need to advertise myself out there, which I'm struggling with the imposter syndrome where it just I don't know. I, I'm doing this, I love this, but is it good? Is always the question. And that's for somebody else's interpretation. I can just do the best show I can. But then to go out and fucking market yourself just feels gross, especially with how people are now marketing on there and like selling out, not selling out because it's like, fuck, get any money you can, especially in these economic times. But it's, it just, everything seems so fake and disingenuous. And like, what do I say? What do I say when I'm pounding on the keyboard? Come listen to me and my friends make fart jokes. It's really funny. (laughs) Well, have you, have you gone out and put any work into the other platforms where people are because podcasting you got to be specifically looking for it. so either you're you're going to get uh you're going to get your listeners if they search a topic yeah or a place like you know so you got to be you know careful how you name your podcast but relying on that i think is pretty you know that's like just relying on instagram's hashtag system you know what i mean yeah. so maybe it'll come up in the search and the popular ones tim you get buried so probably not the way to go yeah. But um, I think what I have to do is keep reaching out to fellow podcasters. Like now that I'm better at this and uh, the, the the channel overall is a lot better. Like, oh, hey, like, why don't you come on our show? We'll go on your show. Like do yeah. self-promotion within smaller shows. And then like well, we can reach other audiences. Well, I tell you, you know what? Like it's you're right. It's it's really simple. You just uh I'll give you Joe Rogan's number. You give him a call mm. and yeah. you guys hook up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a hundred million dollars. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, man. No, but uh, you're, you're right. Like, uh, creatives can help one another. You know what I mean? Um, you don't have to have, uh, Joe Rogan's like, uh, I, I haven't, I haven't looked. Anybody, I suppose, could look. Like, what's your what's your followership now for uh, Bearded and Bored? Oh my God! Uh, so we took a massive hit when we switched off of doing uh, just pure Midnight Owl. Um, yeah. We were up around maybe a hundred downloads an episode. Now we're down to thirty, thirty-two. Um, so uh, I get some statistics through the app, my uh, hosting app, Podbeam. Beam, bean, bean. Um, uh, I'm just logging into my account now. Yeah. But like all time downloads, 26,000. The last 30 days, 569 downloads. Last seven days, 140. Yesterday, 36. Now, I'm, I, of course, have dreams. I have dreams because I love this enough and I hate working enough that, like, if this was my full-time gig of making $2,000 or $1,500 a month and 
working part time, like I would be happy as a pig in shit. I would have to make sure that my lifestyle never got too big. But, um, you know, th- these numbers don't support that. But the idea that 36 people decided, like if I had 36 people sit down and listen to me for an hour and a half in a room, that's a lot of people. Like, yeah. I, you know, it's not Joe Rogan numbers. It's not anything significant. But for me, like if you you try to keep that that those numbers real, you know, 569 people in the last 30 days decided to listen to something that I had to say, which is insane. Okay. Yeah. Now, this will just be funny, like, because I'm the one that asked you about numbers. But what I would think is saying is, like, forget the numbers and make the make the content that you want, eh, without concentrating on numbers. Yeah. Because um, I can look at Instagram and I'll put a, like a very rare shot of a moose, full velvet, the mist is coming down, everything. I'll put that shot up. I get eight, 900 likes. You know what? Um, some hanky tooth uh, broad in a bikini, <laughs> a blurry picture, an ugly selfie in a dirty bathroom, 6,000 likes. You know what? The numbers aren't important, but you're doing what you want. Um, I would say, like, what would you call, where would you go to find your listeners? What is your niche? Because one thing with the Midnight Owl and with with Bearded and Bored, you're talking about anything from an actor to to the Jedi to Bigfoot. Yeah. And... One thing that holds true on Instagram, and even I follow this rule, I don't uh, put any of my people pictures up on my nature and wildlife because people follow me to see that. I throw my astro in there because to me that's landscape. It's just nights, eh? Nightscape. Um, If I eventually do want to get more people jobs, what I'll do is create a separate account, and that'll be – and I have some that I'm quite proud of, like beautiful grad photos and nice wedding pictures – portraits some great portraits i'm really i'm really proud of the work but it's not going on the face or the instagram that i have right now and i don't have a facebook set up for my photography yet and that may happen at any time that i you know and everything can go on a facebook i don't care about that you don't have to niche yourself in but something like instagram and i'm only saying it a because of experience but b because i think it's a route that you could go to find those niche target audiences and um you have beard and board. You're not tied to any one topic. Yeah. Like, like my Instagram accounts tied to nature and wildlife right now. <clears throat> so through beard and board, you could have, you know, basically your, your own media company. Like, uh, consider yourself like, um, television network, right? Yeah. I'm NBC. Well, you're, uh, T- <laughs> I'm global. T- I know it. <laughs> T- TDP. Tim does podcasts. Right? Uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you know. Um, anyhow, so find a, a a topic you're passionate about. One topic. Have it as an offshoot of Bearded and Board Network. Yeah. And target a niche group in in there, and target them in Facebook groups and on Instagram. Post a little bit of content that's relative to them. And I think that you'd find that on the right day, you could get 30 more listeners yeah. just by one post. 
And then you don't look at you don't you don't so much look at your numbers, but you look at which way they're going, eh? Like you wanna you wanna grow. In order to do anything, you wanna grow. And who am I to tell you about podcasts? Because I don't. I just got into listening to them, right? Yeah. Um, I don't have like. <laughs> I don't even have like I'm doing it on Stitcher now, but I don't even have like. Uh, I just got the free account. You know what I mean? I have a, a brand new iPad sitting behind me in a case, <laughs> but I haven't even opened up my. Uh, Apple and I think well maybe that's the way I'll go you know with creatives and having um, color correct on uh, on editing systems I'm thinking oh, okay the iPad so I know what it's going to look like to the most of the world when I edit it on a retina screen right because oh, I'm okay. you know otherwise I'm color correcting my you know my $500 monitor because I don't have an $8,000 color correct <laughs> RGB sRGB monitor with color space and the spider monitor you know whatever eh yeah um so I bought an iPad Pro, and it's got the probably enough power in it. It's got that M1 chip. I could probably uh, edit video on it, you know. So it, I'll see how I like it for travel, if I ever travel. You know, the biggest purpose of it, it's probably going to sit on the dash of my truck, and I'm going to watch movies at night while I'm my camera's out doing Star Trail photography for three hours, right? <laughs> mm, that's a good idea. And Hopefully I can edit with it. I got I got the pencil, right? So I can do some edits. But anyway, I don't even know about like Apple Pod. I've never been there. Um, I, I've been listening on Stitcher where I literally find a podcast through a Google search on a topic. And I'll listen to it through my computer speakers just from the page that it brings up. Yeah. So I don't even think that counts as a download for somebody. That's how I listen to your Bigfoot episode because I had it playing on my big speakers while I'm editing at my desk. But I do think that if you... Uh, Niche, like find a niche and focus on a small, like a small offshoot show from bearded, bearded and bored. This is this, because once they find and like what you do mm-hmm. in one area, they're far more inclined. They're going to want to follow your other areas. Now we know we both know a podcaster where this method's worked really well. Yeah, Jack has done fucking amazing for himself, and I so, think that's what you know, um, he has a network. Yep. Um, it's not just willy nilly, but now he's broke it down into niches. Yeah. And when they come into one and they like the content, well, the content's the same across the board, even if each niche doesn't really apply to them, the people do. Yeah, the and tone is always the same. The tone's always the same, right? So not only could you, you know, by finding a niche and bringing them in with one thing, because you look how that grew. Yeah. By starting one very 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 keenly focused niche now it's grown into uh a media company that does how many different podcasts right yeah. and and one you know really has nothing to do with the other yeah. you got 911 has much to do with uh you know dark topic and true crime and Kent have has nothing to do with 911 yeah yeah but they all they all came in because of a niche in the beginning right yeah and um i think for me like if i were to do that because i know that you're right because of all the shows that i listen to um all of them are very direct like this is the show like you know what you're coming into each week you're really excited maybe it's a actual play podcast where you're playing dungeons and dragons or it's yeah. uh you know some kind of radio drama or it's yep. you know a dark topic and uh true crime uh, for me, it's difficult because although I'm always ready to go, my schedule is so whack 
and then everybody else's lives that I get involved in, no one has the time commitment to be like, every week I need to be uh, making content. Because it could take me two weeks to edit a, a show or a week and a half. But, like, I'm always, always working on this. And, like, just no one has that commitment for me to be an asshole to, to be like, all right, why aren't you like ready to go? What, what, what is our next topic? What are you doing? So I have to have all these other smaller shows, but to your point, like maybe in years to come with the way that I could, you know, divide up the show in, in between four channels, or I guess I wouldn't really work because I wouldn't be able to do weekly releases. But if I had four, uh, Instagram accounts, with one person other than me from each of those shows running like that show's Instagram, at least yeah. they could develop those audiences, bring them in, and then maybe they'd cross-pollinate to the point that we could separate it out, like if yeah. they, there was enough interest. That's a really okay, interesting I'm, idea. Yeah, all I'm saying is, like, you pick something that you're passionate about, right? Yeah. So if I was doing, maybe I would do uh, talk about photography gear. I'm a gearhead, right? Yeah. Uh, gear edition all the time uh four new cameras this summer right wow. and yeah i right? have an idea but no real uh, i have a bare minimum of an idea of what those cameras cost oh well, uh i went mirrorless and now i'm thinking i might go sony but i went nikon for now i've got like the z6 II, um waiting on them to build their new telephoto lens so i bought a sigma and an adapter yeah. i dropped the Spent four grand on the Z6 II, dropped it uh, first week out, frozen ground, smashed the optical viewfinder out of it and ordered some parts and got it put back together. And on my way back from the city, uh, from Computech, where we had the everything glued back together, I'm like, man, I can't get rid of my Canon gear and shoot with this Nikon gear if one little mishap puts me out of business because on the weekend I had a family shoot, right? So I stopped at Photo Central, bought another one. <laughs> And now when I go out, I don't like uh, mirrorless cameras. I don't like changing lenses because there's no shutter protected, nothing in there. There's no mirror to protect your sensor or anything, right? So you take a lens off out in the bush. Yeah. Every piece of duct tape goes straight on your sensor. So it's best, you know, to do it like in the car or whatever. And like, but I carry a backpack, uh, so I'll carry another camera in there. And then if I want a wide angle shot, I just dig out the other camera, you know. But I'm not changing lenses on the fly. And now I'm just thinking, I don't know. I'm I'm too old to wait for Nikon to catch up to Sony with all the mirrorless lenses that are out there. Here I was smart, or thought I was smart, buying Nikon, then I can adapt and use all their old glass. I don't really like the adapting. It works fairly well, but now I'm thinking I might swap out again and go Sony because I think they rule the game for uh, for video too. Yeah. They they just really do with their video audio autofocus and, 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 and such as that. But anyway, yeah, like uh, for me, I might make a podcast about cameras. Maybe I'd even have a whole successful network and other podcasters and anything if I was doing it. But the show I could do and concentrate on my own and in a niche would be the cameras. Yeah. Now, if you build that up, 400, 500, 600, 800, and it goes, you know, and then um, you ask, then you got, uh, you're asking right now, you're asking 30 other people maybe to share and get the word out. Um, if you built a following like that on, uh, on Instagram, YouTube, I don't know, like you could do yeah. a couple of things on YouTube just cause they're, you could post that over to Facebook. Right. And then people can click on the link and then you can watch a video. But, um, 
as with everything else, I think even like, you know, our painting business, I don't advertise. No, I don't. We don't. I don't advertise for the photography work either at all. I'm completely hidden. Um, well, and I know you and Brian pretty much work 365 days a year. Like, you, you yeah, might take a, a week off in the down, summer. But, uh, we've had a little time down, but that's our choice. Like, we had uh, Brian had a surgery and let him recoup. And um, now we're doing a job. We just started back today. We've had like well over a month off. Nice. And yeah, it, it is. I really needed it because I had a summer where I was working days and nights and weekends. I, you never catch up. So there's no point in trying. Uh, shouldn't have done it, but I did. Yeah. Helps a bank account, right? But um, anyhow, uh, like I could do that on my own, Tim. Say if I were doing a podcast, and it would bring the people in. Like for you know, for you, what for I would you. see like you being successful at is like if you did a video podcast, uh, like if you shot the video and then you just ripped the audio out and put that out for audio, and you put the video podcast while you're doing your gear stuff online again because of your charisma, like you can a conversation and have a fun time but if you got to the point that you were having like a patreon and let's say only 500 people worldwide if you could get that much of a following and they're all giving you two bucks a month well that's thousand dollars with thousand dollars can tower now afford to fly up to alert and go shoot polar bears for a second or maybe you go to bc for a second and fuck with the hippies and take some pictures of those big redwoods like uh Is that any interest to you to like travel and shoot or? Oh, absolutely. Um, and like you with your podcasting, right. And me and my gear and everything else, it's pretty well all self-funded, mm-hmm. but I would take my money. Like you took your money and you bought that zoom. What is that? The P eight or whatever. Yeah. The L eight. L eight. Yeah. You bought the L eight. You, you know, you got, uh, you got your gear, uh, you got the proper gear. You got better gear than a lot of podcasters out there. Right. And I got better cameras. Yeah, but um, I'm really glad I do when I'm shooting somebody's wedding and I nail that focus, you know. And so <laughs> it's important. It's important, Tim. Yeah. But um, everything we do so far has been self-funded because it's a passion project. Right? Yeah. I didn't get into the cameras so I could get out of what I'm doing. I could not be a tradesman and trying to do a career change. Hell, maybe I'd even advertise if I was trying to get more work. Yeah. I'm just seeing doing what I want yeah. as much as I want. Yeah. And to be honest with you, the direction I would go, it wouldn't even be doing videos or instructional videos or this or that. I'd like to create maybe some content for other people that need it. Uh-huh. You know, like if I did some travel stuff, uh, or even say for other small towns and stuff like that, I fly the drone, you get some high quality pictures. Everybody needs a media presence, a picture's a thousand words. I bought an iPad. I bought my camera gear after looking at it online, right? Yeah. I looked at pictures. I did, you know, I read spec sheets, looked at pictures. Now, let's say you were, let's say I was planning a trip and I'm going to go, uh, my backlighting, which is my computer screen. <laughs> um, I'm going out west, say, that's where I, that's where I would go, right? I would head for the Rockies, you yeah. know? Um, where do I pick where I'm going? I look at images online. So, that's important for uh, tourism, for travel, for uh, economic development. All these little places should have uh, a large library of photos so that their media people, like, say, wanted to look up uh, a town, you can bleak <laughs> it out. Again. You know, somebody wanted to uh, to uh, put their little town on the map and give them some uh, media stuff, like, okay, 
I, I'm, we're thinking about taking the kids camping there this summer. What do they got? Well, you can show them the pool, you can show them a the golf course, you can show them, you know, you got uh, uh, ice cream shop and you got that nice park and you got this and you got that. Um, you can't tell them about it, show them. You, so people need images, they need media and video apparently is the way to go. So I think I'd be happier in the background doing stuff like that and creating content for others. Yeah. And traveling around doing it. Hook up a nice trailer behind the truck. Uh, have my schedule light, laid out. Go from one place to another. Create their content. Leave their digital media there for them, edited, and um, move on to the next one. Be making money traveling and doing what I like instead of saving up to go and do what I like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. So that's, you know, if I, if I made a transition... I think that's the way it would go for me. For you, the transition's simple. Instead of getting out of your chair to go to work, you say, stay in your chair and you uh, you research, you make some calls, you do a lot of reading, and uh, that is your work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 100%. Well, Tower, yeah. if I ever need any kind of video content, I'll come to you. Fuck. Well, not yet. <laughs> we better learn it. Through. Ah, yeah. fuck it. Yeah, I, I just can't put it all together in a good edit yet. I'm working on it. Well, I mean, if uh, if I get to be a part of the learning process, I'd always be uh, proud to be a part of it. Like, we all started out as neighbors. I, I know I was only there for a short time, it seems like, but I was I love that little town. I felt like I was there, part of it, you know, running across and stealing your beer when you're out painting and <laughs> leaving you a note. Yeah. Uh, jeez, but yeah. Oh shit! Who knows? Maybe one day you and me do a travel show across the prairies. We go to all the small towns. We can have a drink in the hotel. And, uh, well, uh, you, there, there you go. You could always, you could always learn about new small towns. Think of, think of your experience here. Make a list of questions. You could go town to town and ask people what they do there for fun. Do you ever have <laughs> firework wars? <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. If I meat draws, jeez, yeah, doesn't change too much. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess there's not too many questions to ask. I just I'm so nostalgic for it. I'm wondering how everybody is, and you know, the old town gossip is everybody uh, still kicking around and doing well. Like, I, uh, you know, I, I keep my eye out for the obituary cards at the post office. <laughs> I haven't seen, you know. Um, of course, with COVID, things have changed, right? Because people aren't going out to the pub and to the Legion. Uh, yeah. They hadn't been able to. They're just starting back again now, you know. Uh, that's got to have been really hard on them. Yeah. Uh, for businesses, like, you still got to heat those big old buildings. You still got to pay your taxes. Yeah. And you you're limited to selling uh, the Legion nothing. They just had to lock the door for a year and a half. Wow. You know, and the hotel, well, they sold vendor. Yeah. Well, you could sell vendor out of the back of a Volkswagen. Like, I mean, you don't need that great big building expense just for the vendor sales in a little town. So, and I don't know, like everybody got used to it. They, is it going to be back to the way it was? No. Cause that was dying out anyway. Yeah, even every, when I was there, everybody was staying home yeah. watching Netflix. No one wanted to go out and spend $7 for a beer. No, and and out here it's cheap, right? Like you know, we were still paying what three fifty, and and uh, it's close but, to know, sixty dollars gotta... a two for now. Yeah, yeah, it's fifty something here. 
Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Cigarettes are over 20 bucks here now. Wow. For a pack of like De Maurier's. Yeah, I think a pack of Belmont's like 18 bucks down here, but like rent is, you know, $2,500 for a basement, you know. I, I got a great deal on the place where I'm at. I'm paying 2100 plus utilities, but even then, the all right, so then I'm going to go out and spend for a pound of wings and two beers, 40 fucking dollars? No way. So it's... No. I don't... I think the, the inflation, the unintended cost of that for all of us is going to be uh, a tragic death of Canadian culture of people getting together and forgetting their differences and shouting and laughing at a bar together. Like when you got people just bickering online, forget that we're a lot the same. Like I don't care what your politics are. Can you have a beer and make a joke and fucking laugh and be ridiculous? Then yeah, we can all get along, but you know, well, fuck, even when I was there, you couldn't even get a band in, you know, once, once a year, once every two years, they would manage to get a band to come through. Like, I imagine that wasn't the case before down here. Rarely is there live music. It's, it's frustrating for somebody that's, you know, in his thirties and not trying to like, what else do I fucking do with my day? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think a lot of it. Well, of course, where I am, it's a very small town. Like you don't have a thousand people here. So, yeah, you know, it, uh, that's different. But um, even cities like Brandon and they didn't have any live entertainment. Nothing. Nothing's been going on here since COVID. Right. Yeah. I got a couple of a couple of friends that are musicians and um, and another one that runs a media company and he does events and that. And they've just been sitting doing nothing. Yeah. One of them, he had a concert on the farm just for friends and family last year and everybody's looking up and down the road (laughs) (laughs) you know you don't get you don't get caught playing the guitar and the fiddle out by your barn you know so that's canada now and it's not uh people like when this is done i'm like are you kidding me and uh done do you know what and i'll say like this just comes back around to the fact that like we need to make it affordable for people to go out. We need to, you know, I, I don't advocate for drinking and driving. I think that's something that you and I have both agreed on. Like, cause especially when we were in a small town, we fucking walked like, Nope, we're drunk. I'm fucking walk. I'll walk all night. I don't give a shit. But like, uh, you got to make it easy for people to get out and go and do this stuff because you know, you and I might not agree a hundred percent on a lot of this and a lot of it. Uh, yeah, I might agree with you, but, uh, fuck, we could still sit down and have a beer. Like, this isn't Facebook and two people fucking pontificating bullshit, you know? It's, uh, it's social well, media is so fucking dangerous. No, it's uh, it's a lot of fear, a lot of fear being put out there. And, they, you know, I, I don't know what's going on, like, with people's confidence in their country because here... Yeah, it's it's there's a lot of division happening right now, and hopefully we can get over it. I don't know. I still... Yeah, you talked about like how going to Manitoba is like going into the past a little bit. It is like time traveling as far as like just the way people treated each other. And I hope Alberta is much the same. That's where I got my eyes. Uh, I don't know how people my age and younger are really making it by. It's just, I guess, older people too. Like everybody's in the same fucking boat. But like, where do you come up for the money with any of this if you don't have you know, three incomes and parents that can lend you twenty, thirty thousand dollars 
Well, see, the thing is, <clears throat> the inflation that's not supposed to really exist, it's only at 3%, but fuel went up 45%. Um, housing went up 60%. I mean, those numbers, no wage is going to go up along with it to compete. You can't, you can't compete. If you look back, um, say, my mom's day and age, uh, mm-hmm. so growing up when I was, you know, in, 80, in the 80s, you could buy a nice bungalow in, in the late 80s in Winnipeg, in Charleswood, for $80,000. The same one today is four fifty. Wow! And it's not. I'm not talking one that's similar size. And no, then it was a four year old house, and you could get it for sixty to eighty thousand dollars. Now the same house is forty four years old. Yeah, it's insane, man. I uh, I try. I'm trying not to let it let me get down. I'm just trying to focus on the dream. Well, it's all you need as long as you have good internet service. That's I, I could be out in the bush if I could have good internet service. That'd be ideal. Yeah. Um, so what? How would you? How are you going to sell it, though, Tim? This is what I'm getting at before. Like with your podcast, and I'd love to see you succeed at it. And I'd like I'd like you to say, like, you know, uh, hey, Tim Carr, what do you do? Oh, I'm a I'm a podcaster. And it sounds a little funny, eh? Like it oh, sounded yeah. funny to me when um, I get called a photographer, especially like you go to an event. Uh, or talk to the photographer. You're the photographer, yeah. And, I, you know, and at first, yeah, I'm the guy who's a photographer today, you know, but it took a while longer before you think of yourself that way uh, as a photographer. Uh, bringing full circle and, that imposter syndrome. It's like, well, that, I just take pictures, you, but no, you're yeah. a photographer. That's why I'm telling you, because, like, you're a podcaster. You're doing it. You've been doing it for long enough. And especially now that you got the Zoom thing, right? That makes <laughs> you legit, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but... Uh, well, how would, if somebody asked me, tell me, how, how do I answer this? Um, what is this podcast about? Because if somebody asked me about Jax, I could give them a detailed thing. And they're like, oh, my God, I used to read books about serial killers. That sounds really interesting. I'm going to check it out. But I have a hard time telling people what your podcast is about. That's why I'm talking about, even if you did one thing that you really liked, if it's a video game, if it's, I don't, I don't know, just channel... One make a little side show or whatever, like uh, mm-hmm. you know, as a side show, but a side <laughs> show, you know, one one small show that you do that's regular that is a niche, and you can bring your listeners in. And once they like you, they're going to be open to listening to your whole repertoire, which I know right now is varied. I listen to Bigfoot, right? Yeah, because I love Bigfoot. I'm a aficionado of Bigfoot. Right? Well, that's what uh, actually got us talking. You reached out when you uh, <laughs> heard us uh, yeah. yammering on. Tim, the Bigfoot. Listen, I've got some shit to say about the Bigfoot, you know? <laughs> I know you've had a hunting license for years for the Bigfoot. <laughs> I do. Issued by the Canadian government. And uh, no tag limit on that one. No tag <laughs> limit. Right? And uh, Molly's done uh, safety training. Like, she's only got a couple of videos up, but one of them is uh, Bigfoot safety training. Oh, my where God. You she plays send them. me that. I have to see that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a video, and I'm talking to her, right? I'm like, what do we do? If you're road hunting coyotes and all of a sudden you're in the bush and there's, there's a Bigfoot and she plays dead as she flops over. And over. <laughs> That's right. You play dead. You play dead. So he walks away. And then what do you do? And she runs. Eh? <laughs> like, That's what we do. But uh, yeah, so I would say it's, uh, you know, if I was, uh, and remember, this is where, this is where the popularity started for Jack. He had a niche, yeah. a niche where he grew in. 
And it doesn't have to be the same one, but it does have to be a niche. I know for me on Instagram, I've had some minor success on there, right? Like when you talk about your followers are in the thousands, not in the groups of 10. You know what I mean? Uh, I see some other photographers who have what I consider to be a better portfolio than I do. Mine's varied. It's whatever the heck I want. And it's uh, not necessarily that well curated. It's a little more jumbled, but I'm doing way better. So, I mean, I think that boils down to the consistency and sticking to the niche. Um, Once you have that, because that's all you need to grow, Tim, is is, uh, getting people drawn to your podcast. But until you can... I know I'm not like I say I'm not a podcaster, but I think mm-hmm. podcast is a social media. I really do think it's a it's a social media platform. It, it truly is. Um, it's all about community building. Absolutely. I like, and I'm not afraid to say that. Like, it is about a, building a community that I could then tax. Uh, that is build, building a community community that likes your content enough that they want to give you a couple of bucks so yeah. you can keep doing it and expanding what you do and can provide for that specific community. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely a social media thing. What would you tell me to say to people if they ask me what you're like, say people ask me, what's his podcast about, about Jack? Eh? And uh, I'll tell them, well, the dark topic, you know, he talks about famous serial killers and their cases. And uh, he does it in a, in a more of a storytelling way. Right. Yeah. Oh, and people would say, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, I used to read books about serial killers. I think I'm going to check it out. But that's very, you know, that. What would what would I tell him? What is what's Tim's podcast about? Yeah, I, at this point, uh, I don't know. It's definitely food for thought. Uh, mine is all about building, like, uh, I guess we're a lot of pop culture nerd stuff. So like that would be the demographic I'd be going after is fellow nerds. If I was gonna create a show that. I knew absolutely everything on the ins and outs could talk for hours without any prep work. It's definitely star Wars. So, you know, like that's my, that's my niche. Excellent. Perfect. How is the star Wars niche on podcasting? Like, is it true crime is oversaturated? Yeah. Uh, How is star Wars oversaturated? I've never looked. Um, probably not. Not as much as something like Google. not as much, and it tends to be fairly exclusionary. Where it's like we're speaking to people that are already experts. So with Attic, and we're gearing up to try to do some like video streaming as well. When we do this, is uh, the benefit of us doing it this way is both mo- myself and Sean are seasoned veterans with uh, Star Wars. I'm more so of the the books and the comics and the games. He's more movies and games. But Attic hasn't yeah. seen a single fucking movie. So he's that outlet for the audience to ask crazy questions of like, all right, so like, am I supposed to just buy this or what's going on? So he would... But I think like the way that we go about it is we're not shitty neckbeards comic book guy from the simpsons like oh you don't know yeah. what this is you're a fucking asshole we're, we're gonna have fun with it and and bring people in and celebrate it what would you like to do say a monthly episode on star trek or star wars i mean yeah you could do it on your own you don't need to bring people in do this do that you could create like the midnight owl like what you did you could do it on your own I'm sure you have the paraphernalia and some goodies from Star Wars around the home. Oh, you know, 
there's there's a little bit around. So there's your uh, there's your marketing on Instagram. You set those up in a little diorama. Have you know whatever. Put a picture up. Get catches somebody's attention. They read a little bit. Maybe put an opinion out. A short blurb. Yeah. A couple of cool little pictures, and a link to your podcast. And the guys that, you know, you you find the right hashtags. You get in front of the right people. You might might put a picture like that out, and the next day you're going to have a hundred likes. And that's going to be 100 people that have seen an avenue into your podcast. Let me put it this way, Tim. What have we been talking about tonight? Absolutely everything, right? Yeah. From, it's been fun. From politics to cost of living to coronavirus to a $1 million tree to traveling out west for photography to Star Wars. But when we first met, it was because of one – it's not necessarily a niche, but one small thing we had in common. You came out here to work at a place, and you worked with people that I knew. And when we met – have a few beers, right? Yeah. And get along with Tim. So that's growing into a relationship that we still keep in touch, even though you're a province away. And we can talk about everything, but it all stemmed from that one thing that you have in common in the beginning, Tim. And you need that, I think, for a podcast or for anything. You need to reach out to people that you have one thing in common. And people that know Tim Carr, I listened to his star wars podcast is awesome oh i see tim's doing a talk about uh this actor or or this uh, event i wonder what his opinion is on that so he would listen just like you and i have conversations and exchange opinions on different things but i think to get anybody like in on social media you have to target a niche group in order to be successful and once you are successful tim they're they're willing to come in, into it's almost like a like you're gonna have a friendship. Have you seen Jack's Facebook page? Yeah, there's a friendly, nice community there. If yes, and if Jack put out a podcast on playing darts at the Legion, they would listen. Yeah, because they've grown to know him through a common interest, which happened to be quite niche. Yeah. They would have never listened to a dart con- podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even a podcast about 911 calls. I'm not into that. Fuck that. Yeah. But it got brought in through 1159 media because the first ones are there listening to dark topic. Correct. Yeah. And now we're going to do this new show and we're going to take uh, and break down these calls and the events leading up to and after these calls. But people would never have looked for those calls. With, they you were know what? That's. Do you listen to the nine one one's call uh, podcast? Uh, I've got to catch up again, but yeah, Yeah. I'm behind now. But um, I typically listen when we're and we now we're in a good situation. We're in an empty home, all Mm -hmm. three story old heritage brick home, and we're painting it top to bottom. And uh, I've got my Milwaukee Bluetooth radio in there, so I'm going to be playing podcasts. And then now I'll have an opportunity to catch up. Like I, I even subscribe, and I have. haven't taken good advantage of it because it hasn't been the situation. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't listen to them in a client's home if clients are around, right? Yeah. And uh, But this is a good situation where we have a big empty home. And sometimes I do big suites and apartments and that. And, and you know, that's great too. It's like my workspace. I pop it on and I let her go away. So I'll catch up again. Yeah, it's funny. I was just thinking about that show. Is like uh, I don't actually listen to the nine one one calls because I find it uh, too disturbing for me. But I listen to every single episode for the beginning and ending banter uh, through the Patreon. 
um, because it's all about like morality and God and good and evil and uh, being a good person and just it's fucking so intriguing. But like you, but the main content that that would be bringing some people to the show is like, yeah, it's not for me. But to listen to those two guys just have a conversation is a hundred percent why I'm there. Yeah. See, so you and I, we met by a a, a, a chance uh, that uh, we we both knew the same people. It just stemmed from one small thing, right? Yeah. Same with same with social media. Like you can gain a following way quicker if you're uh, concentrated on a niche. But then you can grow from there. They, they'll listen. They'll listen to. Uh, they'll come to know you. And they'll listen to your opinions on every other topic. Yeah. But until until you draw, it's going to be hard. To, I think it's going to be hard to sell a podcast when you say, "Well, what's it about?" Whatever. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm not well, interested in whatever. But even if you went the Star Wars route, there's a lot of Star Wars people out there. You yeah. know. Um. <laughs> yeah. I wonder. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, we lost a lot of people when we went from the Midnight Owl. And the Midnight Owl was really direct. You knew exactly what it was. an occult podcast. I just didn't, I thought it was boring. I didn't like uh, the way it was. It was so much work. But now I'm a pop culture uh, channel as opposed to a podcast. And I think that's that is hard to sell anyone on because like couch critics probably should move to its own feed soon with the level of yeah. content that we're putting out and how good it is. It can stand yeah. on its own two feet and be its own thing. I'm just worried about trying to bite off more than I can chew. Cause I already hate doing the posts. Like I need somebody from that, that group to take it over and just do it. I'll give you the audio clips. I'll make audiograms. I'll give this to you, but like you do that and then it's off my plate because i think like as a creator yourself it's easy to start getting burnt out when you start getting all these other things tangential things involved that's not doing the actual thing that you like to do you know what tim i just did a quick search because i had no clue about star wars as far as i'm and i was listening yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Star Wars Minute, Star Wars, uh, the the cantina. So for what I do, right, wildlife photography, I put in the hashtag wildlife photography, you get around 21 million, 21 and a half million. Yep. Put in Star Wars, you get you get more than double that. <laughs> so you know how hard a time you'd have finding people interested in Star Wars on social media platforms? It's 44 point some million people tim compared to wildlife photography in my niche is 21 million wow so the audience is out there yeah. and I, i'm serious you draw them in and then they'd be listening they'd be interested in listening to your other shows but i think i don't i think if uh if i had pictures of everything on instagram i wouldn't have fuck all for followers <laughs> because i have mostly mostly prairie wildlife and nature scenes are pretty well all other than you know the my dog gets in there because well she's part of the page right she's the assistant yeah um but if you go through my feed you got aurora you got a moose you got uh moon lake you got a bear you got aurora <laughs> you got the dog you got the milky way bear dog geese deer dog moose bear if turkey. nike tomorrow started selling uh hamburgers you'd be slightly concerned mm-hmm 
Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that uh, sticking to my niche has helped me grow within it. Um, but then people like they do see the the odd weird things I put in there, like like my dog or whatever. And she's got fans more than I do. You know what I mean? Like, mm. oh, my God, she's so cute. I like her new Christmas outfit. Eh? And they all know her name, Tim. <laughs> That's awesome. Four thousand people almost on there, and they all know my dog's name. Um, and that's like I say, it's not big, but for the effort that I put into it, and what I expect out of Instagram is pretty much nothing. Um, I don't have any expectations. I'm not trying to do any branding or or anything like that. I I just do it as a personal project, right? Yeah. Um, do yourself a personal project, something you're really interested in. That's that passion comes shining through, and then people will. Uh, you got that knowledge base of Star Wars? Use it. Get all these 44 million hashtag Star Wars fans that are out there on in, on the gram and draw them into your uh, podcast. And they're going to be, oh, my God, I subscribe to, you know, Beard and Board. He does this uh, Star Wars thing. I'm going to check out a few of his others because guess what? You go through podcast content a lot quicker than podcasters make it. You find somebody yeah. you like and you blast through all their content in a day and then you're like, well, now i got to wait like a two weeks for them to put out something else. What am I going to listen to all day? They're going to listen to the rest of your content, Tim. They're going to download that. Yeah. Here I am. It's never podcasted, but I'm trying to preach about how to do it. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tower. It's all good, man. I, I've seen your success on Instagram, and I know that you're just trying to help. So uh, I'll definitely take, uh, take any advice you want to give. And fuck, you know, at the end of the day, of course, you know, like a lot of this stuff, I, I, I know, and I know that you got to, you know, sell something. It's just a matter of pushing past the uncomfortability with self-promotion and then finding a brand and uh, something that like specifically like here is what I'm offering. And then you get that yep. back and forth. I, I think that's that's always great advice for anybody. Um, fuck. Yeah, who knows, man. Hopefully, uh, the one thing that I'd like to do with Midnight Owl when we bring that back is uh, uh, go to a few of the haunted areas in the in uh, in my town here and the surrounding area. Uh, I have a ghost detector I bought off fucking Amazon. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so me and my buddy were gonna have a couple of drinks and like go around like a haunted uh, insane asylum or something. I thought it'd be ridiculously funny, but I'll send you the video if you want to edit it. Hey, that's a niche. Yeah. That that spooky haunted stuff, it's a niche. Because I listen to, you're not the only Sasquatch guy on my <laughs> podcast list. I listen to uh, to OK Talk TV and their uh, radio, whatever. They're doing the, uh, well, they were hoping to make a documentary on the um, Devil's Creek out in the Olympic uh, Peninsula in, in uh, Washington State. Okay. Some weird shit went on. And people actually moved out because they were getting too much activity around their home. Anyway, uh, you know, I'm listening to that. But they also do, and what a lot of their other stuff was was haunting. Yeah, you know, like hauntings. And uh, they did a trip to New Orleans, and they recorded footsteps on their balcony of this haunted at this haunted hotel room. Actually, they said too, which I found interesting. You go to New Orleans, and um, they'll tell you like you're walking around in the districts and oh, haunted, a suite for rent, haunted. No suite for rent not haunted eh? (laughs) it's like smoking and non-smoking they they do stuff like that and another podcast that does is uh into the fray with shannon legro and she does um 
I don't listen to a lot of the haunting stuff, but I listen to a few of the Bigfoot episodes, right? Yeah. And um, other ones that do it are uh, on YouTube, Small Town Monsters. I love their Sas- Sasquatch documentaries. They they just put together a really nice looking documentary, you know. Never find shit. No. Nothing. But they go to the places, Tim, and that's what I'm interested in. So like you saying, you're going out to these places. I think people would really be interested in that. That's a niche. Yeah. Hauntings, and you get there's a lot of weirdos out there, Tim, that they just love shit like that. And uh, oh man, uh, well, let's we'll see here. Eh? Haunted hashtag haunted. What's that gonna get me? Well, two and a half million haunted houses, one point seven. But that's enough listeners, isn't it? Oh you yeah, can get that's them all. more than enough that I need. <laughs> you can get them all. I'm sending fifty cents a month. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, that's almost that's almost nine million dollars a month. But yeah, I think uh, always uh, if you're going to sites, I think that that's a great idea. If you're going to do these things on uh, on location, Tim. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a ton of fun, right? And I think that's the main thing. Like that's one of the first points that we both made in the beginning is like it's always got to be fun. I think that comes through in the work at the end is if you're doing something that you truly enjoy and yeah. then you start to think about the other stuff. Well, when you truly enjoy something, you're putting in the time and effort, right? Yeah. And your knowledge grows and grows and grows. And then you have something to give is your, is your knowledge, right? Like now, like you start out doing it there, you have specific knowledge of the Belleville area because you're in the Belleville area you know, the haunted haunts and places and houses. And um, you're probably going to be known more in other cities too. I bet you already do, you know, if yeah. you're interested in it at all. And um, so you expand, you know, you go from there. But I think going on location is a fantastic idea. Like that, uh, that's interesting. Especially if like uh, you come prepared, you have like your script of everything that's supposedly happened there and blah, blah, blah. And then you, you got a good banter with a buddy and a couple of drinks. And, you know, we, we put the uh, the happy rock spin on it where, like, you're enjoying yourself while you're doing it as opposed to, like, those fucking ghost hunters that are all super real serious about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd still put a recorder up in some rooms that are away from you and see what kind of kind of sounds or movements, maybe even a GoPro here and there. You never know. Oh, you yeah. might actually find a, find a real haunted bloody place or something. I don't know. That'll be like the uh, $10,000 tier on uh, Patreon. Once we make that kind of money, I'll start investing in <laughs> GoPros. Uh, did you, uh, we've been going for about an hour and 35. Do you want to keep going to uh, get into some of the Sasquatch uh, stories you had kind of mentioned? You'd Hey, buddy. Uh, just before we get into uh, Sasquatch, we should close out the old show. We can edit that together. Um, this has been Bearded and Board. You can find us at uh, Bearded and Board on Instagram, uh, beardedandboard at gmail.com if you want to reach out and have anything to say. We're always glad to uh, communicate. If uh, the people wanted to find you, Rich, Richard, where, where could they find you? Tower. I, I don't know why I'm going with Richard. That just sounds fucking weird. Tower, where can yeah. the people find you? Grandpa, uh, GR0 MPA, because somebody had the O, so I use the zero on Instagram. 
Matt Grumpa. Nice. Yeah. Matt Grumpa. Yeah, I had a uh, came up with the name about the same week that I bought a Honda Grom, a little 125 cc race bike, and I thought that's just. And I became a grandpa then too. So, oh, Grom, I'm Grandpa. Yeah, I thought it was clever at the time. Now I guess I'll keep it. 